Hey there, welcome to Souls and Hearts Be With the Word. I am Dr. Jerry Crete. I am a mental health professional, marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am here with my co-host. I'm Dr. Peter Malinowski. I am a clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Indiana. Great. We're glad to have you here. This is our 12th episode of Be With the Word. We are in which ordinary time? Sixth Sunday Sixth of Sunday. ordinary time. Yes. Sixth Sunday of ordinary time. Yeah. All right. Well, in this show, we reflect on the Sunday reading, so we hope that you'll get a lot out of it, and it will, this will enrich your experience of Sunday Mass. You'll be able to go into Mass, listen to the readings, already having reflected on them, or you can listen afterward and, uh, and really kind of let it soak in. And, and what we're going to do is reflect on um, the themes we observe from a psychological perspective, and and we're going to give you some takeaways and some action items. Before we do that, we wanted to highlight some of the cool things that are going on in Souls and Hearts. There's some really neat things happening. We've got a new episode of Fly on the Wall, and this is all at soulsandhearts.com. Fly on the Wall is when a number of Catholic professionals, mental health professionals get together and we talk about various things. And in this episode, we're talking about the human formation, the psychological formation and the spiritual formation of Catholic clinicians, like what we do to take care of ourselves in order to be able to better take care of you. Um, so awesome. that's actually really interesting. And there's a lot of like self-disclosure in that, actually. There's like some opening up amongst the guys in that, in that this time. So, so that's yeah. good. So if you're ever interested to know what seven psychologists that are Catholic do to work on themselves, you know, it's in there. And yeah. there's a lot of laughter too. There's a lot of laughter. It, it, <laughs> so be a fly on the wall and come join us there. Uh, soulsandhearts.com. And then also we've got a blog, second part of the blog from Wendy, Wendy. Barabo. Right. She's from Atlanta, Georgia. So she's someone that I know here and she's really keen and got keen insights on how to help parents navigate social media, technology, devices, all that stuff. And sh sh her first part uh, came out this past week, and this coming week is a second part right. of, her, right. of her series. It's really valuable stuff, very practical stuff for parents of teenagers. So. Yeah, and Dr. Peter, you were highlighted <laughs> in the second part on Catholic Late Night. Yes, Catholic Late Night. Patrick and I loved it. Oh my gosh. You were so great. I, I, I loved it. You did an experiential activity. How often do you ever get to like listen to a podcast and be walked through by a clinician, an experience of kind of going deeper into your mm -hmm. heart and soul and, 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 and you want to say something about it? Uh, go watch it. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, I'm a really experiential guy. I really want people to be able to experience things. And so we're, we're working with the, 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 the tools we have video is a perfect medium to be able to do that. And you can get it out to a lot of people. So there's, that's totally free. We're going to get it up on our website. Uh, it's also on YouTube. Uh, check out the guys at Catholic late night over TV. Um, and, uh, and I think, I think it's really, I think it's really great. I also would love to have feedback on it. Like, like what you guys liked about that. And if you want more of that kind of stuff, uh, we're definitely going to build that into some of our courses as well. So. Sounds great. All right. So lots going on at Souls and Hearts. How are you doing, Dr. Peter? Having a good week? 
Good week. Good week. Just some great insights, uh, some great clinical work this week. Just amazing, some clinical work that's been going on. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, it's good. And uh, yeah, um, how about you, man? You're getting I've, over it. You're getting I've, over it. I'm recovered pretty much from my cold, mostly. <laughs> they put me on steroids, so if I'm a little hyper, that's why. Uh, so I feel like I got tons of energy, which I didn't have for two weeks. Uh, so that's good. No, feeling good. And uh, really also having some fun doing clinical work. I do a lot of EMDR therapy, so mm-hmm. dealing, working with people with trauma. With trauma, and, yeah. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I've been getting a lot of experiences helping people with anxiety issues, you know, even like very specific things like sports anxieties or performance anxieties. And, you know, I can really see how, you know, anxiety affects people all over. So that we should do a course just on anxiety. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah we've got something like that in the works, but it hasn't been yeah. well developed yet. So, well, great. All right. Well, let's go to a read. So we're going to read the readings to you. Short you, form, though, this time on the gospel. You know, yes, because so. it's really long otherwise. <laughs> um, if you don't care for it, just please skip past, but we want you to join us for the reflection. Right. Um, but uh, here we go. So the first reading is from uh, Sirach, and it goes, If you choose, you can keep the commandments. They will save you. If you trust in God, you too shall live. He has set before you fire and water. To whichever you choose, stretch forth your hand. Before man are life and death, good and evil. Whichever he chooses shall be given him. Immense is the wisdom of the Lord. He is mighty in power and all-seeing. The eyes of God are on those who fear him. He understands man's every deed. No one does he command to act unjustly. To none does he give license to sin. second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Brothers and sisters, we speak a wisdom to those who are mature, not a wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. Rather, we speak God's wisdom, mysterious, hidden, which God predetermined before the ages for our glory, and which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But but as it is written, what eye has not seen, an ear has not heard, and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him, this God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit scrutinizes everything, even the depths of God. And from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with brother will be liable to judgment. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, Everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, 
Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. Those are our readings. Those are our readings. All right. Well, we've got a lot there. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. We didn't go through. We usually mention in the intro our our themes, right? Our themes. Yeah, we didn't do that. What what no. what was your theme? So, my theme was all about authority, right? Mm-hmm. And because one of the things that one of the things that I really specifically look at when I assess candidates for the priesthood or religious life is what is their attitude, position, experience with authority figures, right? Because there's a lot about how we experience those in authority, especially as children, that we transfer onto the church, that we transfer onto God. So one psychological issue that comes up a lot is this whole authority thing. So my, my, my theme is what does my history with authority figures, how does that impact how I see God, how I see the church. All right. Important. I think that's really important. Mine is choosing God's love over human judgment. And it took me a while to get there. <laughs> but so, let's... Can I have a point of clarification on that? Are you talking yes. about our own, our own human judgment or others' judgments? Our own. Our own. Okay. I'm thinking that we often have a very reactive spirit towards... Wow other people <laughs> what are you talking about jerry <laughs> <laughs> not you peter i know that <laughs> no yeah not me like i would be like i'd be immune from that <laughs> no right. exactly but, right i mean toward ourselves as well as to others like mm-hmm. i think that we often react like I, I think this really intersects a little bit probably with your bigger theme too because you know i know that in, even in our church today right especially with a lot of the politics in the world and the United States, the, the politics in the church, the different camps, the different divisions, all these opinions, all these different perspectives, it can be overwhelming. And I know that I might just have a knee-jerk reaction to something someone says, mm-hmm. or I might have a knee-jerk reaction to something someone does. It might even be at church. And you know what? I might be right. I might be wrong. It, you know what I mean? But, but, but regardless am I actually reacting from a, at a human level where I'm in place of God and I'm just judged in my own mind and I'm judging people all the time and just like negative. Just from a human, just from a, from a human, human uninformed by grace, uninformed by, um, yeah. you know, by, by the spirit position. Right. Yeah. Because of my own, whatever preferences possibly, right. or my own biases or my issues with authority. Right. Like you're talking about. Right. And so what does it mean to actually slow that down, right? And choose to actually approach with love. And I feel like the readings do kind of get to that. So I, I wouldn't mind talking about, you know, it's interesting, Sirach, right, is if anybody's listening that's not Catholic, you might not be as, that's a deuterocanonical book, I believe, right? So it's not, it, it's not in the Protestant not, Bible. It's not in the Protestant Bible. So if you're Protestant, you might not even, be terribly aware of it but it's uh it's it's a really interesting passage because i thought it it emphasized the issue of choice right but it said it with an interesting caveat like if you choose you know you can keep the commandments but it says if you trust in god you shall live 
And so I, I thought that's an interesting, like, what are we choosing? We're not just choosing whatever we want, or we're not, it's not just simply a question of choosing to be obedient only. It's about choosing to trust. Choosing to trust. And not just to trust in something like optimism or, you know, things will work out, some sort of philosophical position, but to trust in a personal being, you know, like this is God, three persons and one God. We're trusting in a personal relationship right. with him. Yeah. But I, I thought the idea of trusting with God, then when you link that up with, with the reading of St. Paul to the Corinthians and, and about this wisdom and this idea of we speak a wisdom to those who are mature. And I was really fascinated by the word mature. And I kept going, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what makes a mature faith? Because I know that when you're young, you need, often we need the carrot and the stick, right? We need to be told, do this and you're in trouble. Right. Do this is wrong, you're going to get punished. And that is the kind of very early basic kind of right. approach to morality. But what does it mean to actually have your heart transformed Right. into maturity, which means you're choosing the good because it's good, because it's, it's, um, it's pleasing to God, because it's an act of love, love. not just I'm going to get punished if I don't, right. which then takes me to the readings in the gospel. And if you do read the longer form, you get more from it along these lines. But the whole point is like, like people get caught up, I think, in the, you know, all oh, right, oh, if you uh, have lust uh, in your heart now, or you think of it, you think it, you've now committed adultery. And they almost get more burdened. I've had a lot of clients a feel worse about yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no, th this is not what, I don't feel like that's what it's really meant to be conveying. I think what it's really meaning to say is that there's actually a freedom when your heart is transformed and conformed into the heart of God, where it's no longer just about, I don't want to do it because I'm going to be punished. It's, I don't want to do it because it's just not what, it's not for my good. It's not, it's not an act of love. It's, I'm not, I want to be in conformity with God. And right. that maturity, I feel like that's a lot of people. I mean, most of us have a hard time getting there because of our human, our human stuff. Yeah. There's a lot in our human formation that holds us back. A lot of that foundational stuff can hold us back. That's what we're all about at Souls and Hearts. That's what we deal exactly. with all the time. Yeah, that's why, our, that's why our, our patron is St. John the Baptist, preparing the way, you know, that natural foundation. You know, so these kinds of things that we're talking about, like issues with authority or you know, uh, perceptual issues, blindness is a different concept come in. This is all stuff that leads us to not be able to see. And what fascinated me was that this line in here that says what, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, hmm. which means that St. Paul is going to be teaching the Paul and the apostles received from Christ, this wisdom received from God, this wisdom that that's hidden and that's mysterious and that has not yet entered the human heart. That means we need this. We need this wisdom to be taught to us, to be shown to us, because we're not just going to reason our way there. You know, what we can find by, by, by unaided human reason is going to be the realm of philosophy. It's not the realm of religion. 
You know, religion brings us things that are revealed that we would not find otherwise, that we would not just find in our human evaluation, or as you put it, Jerry, our human judgment of things. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous on a purely human level to love your enemies. That right. makes no sense at all right. by just human judgment. Right. No sense at all. And so what you're saying, you know, is that can we set that, those human judgments aside? And even if somebody seems to be an enemy of ours, mm-hmm. can we pause? Can we consider? You know? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I'm getting at. Because, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I thought it was also interesting in St. Paul said, um, not a wisdom of this age. And he said, not of the rulers of this age who are passing away. And so, and I know that we have, you know, rulers and, and pundits and people of this age. And, and honestly, the, to me, and you can add to it, the culture says, you know, get as much as I can for me, take care of me, be self-serving, be driven by power, right? I mean, that's kind of what I get. There's probably a lot, obviously there's a lot more. And it's not, and it's, it, you know, and I think about even my own life, like I worry about things like retirement funds, I worry about things like, you know, uh, my own me. And, and those things actually become burdens that can kind of snowball into anxiety and can snowball right. into, you know, distractions. And then cause me to act in a way that is simply self-serving. And I get blind to the love, compassion, kindness, and activity that I think God wants me to do. Right. And, and right. That, it's broad. And I, but I, but I, and, and so the wisdom he's say, Paul speaks of a wisdom that he says right. is mysterious and hidden. So it's, it's not of this world. It's not of this world. And it goes no. against our grain. Exactly. And that's why we need to be able to be humble enough to receive that. Yeah. So going back to your question of what makes maturity, I think it's being humble enough, childlike enough and trusting enough to be able to receive that, to have the experience of God as he is, you know, yeah. cause I think we're so walled off, you know, toward God. There's so many ways that we've been hurt or, you know, and, and, and we've, you know, don't trust. So that's where the anxiety about retirement funds comes in, you know, or whatever. It's like, cause am I really a beloved son of God? You know, it's hard to imagine a beloved son of God, um, impoverished and starving, you know, <laughs> because, oh, God forgot, you know, or something like that, right? I mean, it's, right. you know, can, we, can we really, can we really not just know it up here in the head, but know it in the heart? And the way we know it in the heart is by experiencing it, and that requires the trust. That yes. requires the trust that we got in Sirach. Yeah. And you, Sirach. you know, the, the thing that I find interesting about this is the carrot stick versus the transformed heart paradigm. Mm-hmm would be that, um, is God a good parent? Is God a good and loving parent? Because, and, and it, are you, and as a person right now in my life, I'm a parent to adult, young adults, not any more children. And you have still some children. I still adolescents. Children. Adolescents. So, so it's different, right? But, but I'm thinking to myself, um, when you parent a child, you are having, it's a little different. When you parent someone who's older, you actually enter into a deeper relationship with them that is based on a different kind of trust that is more mature. Mm-hmm. And it's about 
knowing what you believe and living it, not simply only obeying the rules. It's not about not obeying the rules. It's not about discarding the, the rules or living in sin. It's about saying, I actually, my heart is changed to such an extent that the rules aren't really the reason I do it. Like uh, the reason, or because I'm afraid of being thrown into Gehenna necessarily, right. it's because I actually want right. to be conformed. Right. And, and in fact, I know, even if sometimes my human nature argues with it, I know that the, the God, and by extension, his church, wants the good for me. And sometimes that's hard because the ideal is, is, is high. It's a high right. ideal. But, but it wants the ultimate good for me, even right. when I don't right. seem to want it. And that's, and that's the spiritual side of the church. A lot of times people have been harmed by members of the mm. church, right? Yeah. And that, that can really wound, and it can be very difficult to sort that out at an emotional level. What was some church official mm. versus who, what was Christ as the head of the church, right? We got to be able to, to work yeah. through that sort of stuff. There's a lot of trauma sometimes that happens along those lines. That's a huge you know, topic. That's a huge topic that we, we can't get into in fully in here, but I'm sure we will in other areas of souls and hearts in the years to come in the time to come but i want to go back to the importance of the rules though too like it's it's not an either or thing because right one of the things that happens that i see in psychology um you know in my practice sometimes are people that are going by subjectivity they're going by their own human reason they think it might be inspired by god but it's it's going against something that the church actually teaches right you know so the rules are also important to help help us if our subjectivity is getting us offline somehow, if we're somehow misinterpreting something, you mm-hmm. know, so that there's a, a set of checks and balances, if you will, with the, the laws of the church. Right. So, you know, so if somebody is getting, um, uh, you know, messages from God or feels like they are, that they can have this adulterous affair, right. That right. that's actually willed by God. Right. right? We have a sense, a set of checks and balances to that. You know, to say, look, no, that's not, that's, that's, that's not how something's, something's amiss here. Right. Know? And I think Sirach says that so well, like it says, you know, um, we're not going to be called to license to sin. I mean, that's not what this is about. Right. And I think the same in the gospel, like, exactly. it's not that we are, when we get mature in our faith and we transcend whatever, we're not the Pharisees, we're not the scribes, we're not the right. rule oriented people does not mean that's a permission. That's not, what is that? Antinomianism, right? Right. It's not, it's, we don't have permission to just do whatever. We've transcended the rules and they no longer apply to us. Right. You know, they do, but we're not actually going to butt up against them if we really have that. Right. That's why St. Augustine can say love and do what you will, because if you're actually in that deep and loving relationship and you're right next to Christ, the, 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 the shepherd, you're not going to wander off the meadow past the, the perimeter fence, which is the laws and into the forest where you're going to be lost. No. Right. Yeah. But so many people, I think sometimes because psychological things get in the way, you know, so many delusions actually are religious delusions. You know, so many, um, so many uh, hallucinations have a religious content to them. There's yeah. reasons for all of that. Now those are the most extreme kinds of perceptual um, detachments from reality, but there's other ones that are a lot less severe that wouldn't qualify as a delusion or hallucination. I deal with that stuff a lot. 
Hmm. So, um, so you also want to be careful that can, that can come up when there's a lot of emotion and a lot of, you know, a lot of psychological, um, mm -hmm. intensity, you know, yeah. that things can get, things can get off the rails, you know? And so, so we, we are given both, right? Yeah. I, I tend to see for me anyway, in my practice, I tend to see more people who are scrupulous, who mm -hmm. are so rules oriented that they don't realize they don't allow some space for receiving the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the sort of sense that, you know what, all of our sins were death and death ultimately was destroyed on the cross. And 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 the, the issue is not I I I don't have to become perfect to right. be accepted by God. Right. I and, and and just flip that around and realize you've been accepted, you've been forgiven. So now you can joyfully want to respond in love. And, well, and that's I, hard for people. <laughs> that goes back to what it says in Sirach here. God understands man's every deed. He understands why we did what we did. He understands what our motivations were. And sometimes, you know, we have good motivations for doing things that are wrong. You know, um, hmm. you know, it's not all just pure malice, but we can still feel terrible about that. So he understands this stuff. It's not like we're giving a report to, you know, um, someone who is miles away and doesn't understand who we are. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but that scrupulosity can really, can really get in the way. I've, I've had some of those cases as mm -hmm. well that were extremely painful. And, and some of the saints really struggled with that too. St. Teresa of Lisieux talks about that quite a bit. St. Alphonsus mm -hmm. Ligori, uh, others really struggle with scrupulosity. We could do a whole thing on that at some point. In fact, I think that's part of actually uh, Dr. Glavsky's course. That did. Yeah, we do talk about scrupulosity. Yeah. You know, another thing, and this is just another theme, and maybe I'm just steroids or I'm on high with steroids and my mind is going to all these different directions that are sound cool and interesting to me. But this issue of, I think most people, you know, I think myself included at times, like would rather be happy than holy. And, and you know, and I think that <laughs> I, I, I feel very drawn toward moving toward holiness, at least I'm drawn to it. I don't always get there, but I, I and, and and I don't think that is that sells as well. I think you know here we are, you know souls and hearts. We want to promote our stuff. We want people to get to know us. We want we want our people to take our courses, but people want to be happy. But the real answer, as I'm you know delving into the readings and my own spiritual life, is God wants us to be holy, which isn't always happy. That's right. Jesus wasn't always happy. You know, there's a whole emotional range, you know, that he experienced in the Gospels. Anger, disappointment, sorrow, and even anxiety in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, he was anxious at that, at that human level. At a deeper level, though, there was the peace. Peace, yeah. The peace is God gives peace. Yeah. Right? So... Um, so there's the, there's those two levels, right? And that's what I, that's what I talk to people about in my practice is that, you know, I can't necessarily guarantee you happiness, not in the way of emotional satisfaction in a sense of pleasure all the time. It's not realistic, but what yeah. about peace, peace yeah. as our Lord gives peace, you know? Um, I love it. I love it. Well, Dr. Peter, we should probably move to our action items, right? I think so. Uh, let's, let's talk about like, um, what do you have? What do we got? Well, you know, I have this quote from, um, from Chesterton that I just want to read. He says, we do not really want a religion that is right where we are right. 
what we want is a religion that is right when we are wrong. Mm. And I just love that quote because, you know, there's been a whole sort of down with religion and up with spirituality uh, kind of movement in the last several years in the U.S. especially. You know, people don't want to be told anything, right, because of the problems with authority. They don't trust benevolent authority. And partly that's a lot of that's due to their bad experiences with authority. Right. So, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm inviting folks for my action item to write down the issues with authority that you've experienced to actually put them into words and write them down because that's going to clarify them. And then that can help you understand what kinds of, um, what kinds of ways in which you might have trouble trusting God? Mm. You know, what ways you might have trouble, you know, um, setting aside what you know in your heart, what you know in your heart on the natural level to be able to receive this hidden, mysterious wisdom that eye has not seen and ear has not heard from God receiving that into your heart beautiful so if you can write down though on a natural level the psychological level what kinds of authority experiences you had that were hurtful painful whatever that you might then be able to take to god Mm -hmm. you know that's the kind of thing i would like does it make a list of those that'd be the thing sounds good awesome i love it all right, my action. Yes, item. yours, Jerry. Because I was about choosing God's love over human judgment, right? It was my right. Dream. So here's my action item. I want you to gain some self-awareness and notice a moment. Notice in your daily, regular life, times when you have a human judgment. Maybe it's, maybe you can just do it once if you want. But it could be um, someone you live with. It could be a coworker. It could be just a little incident where you have a natural, immediate judgment. Like a reaction, like an emotional reaction. Yeah, judging reaction. I got it. That's a negative. So like, so somebody cuts me off and I say something, like that terrible guy or something, right? You know, yeah. Or you listen to somebody and you're like, oh, that their that was their presentation was stupid. stupid. Or you, you know, you're you're looking at you know somebody in your family and they're like, they're lazy, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, right? Some kind of judgment. And all I want you to do is pause pause because some people is they're going to have an internal kind of eh, negative 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 some people are going to be reactive and they're going to say something about it so i want you to just pause notice and just notice that you had a negative reaction a negative judgment and pause if that's all you do that's enough in my view right now is just learning to pause and but if if it comes Allow yourself to reflect and maybe act, but you don't have to act, but from the heart. In other words, try to move from just always a human judgment and stop and think from your heart, what is God? Is there a possibility that God is asking me to love here instead? Is there something that I can do that would be reflective more, even if it's just internally in my own heart, even if I don't say a word? Uh, that just says, you know, I'm understanding this person's strife. I don't even have to agree with what right. they did or said. Yeah, it's just, not about yeah. that. Right. It's just about have, cultivating a spirit of non-judgment where you have room to allow God, to allow love to ha- start to happen. Right. 
not judging the person. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, because sometimes we have to do we do have to judge the action, but not judging and, and, the person. And the, right. the gospel gets like it does get into that, or I forget now if it's Saint Paul or if it's the gospel, but it does get into the fact that sometimes you do have to call somebody to account. So it's not right. about never. I'm not suggesting you never right. have to right. call people to right. account, but it's the spirit in which it's done. Right. And I think that you have to cultivate this heart of stillness and this heart of pausing before you could really ever do it from a true place of you're, love. You're, yeah, you're talking about maintaining recollection too, like a, mm-hmm. you know, being really grounded as opposed to really letting your passions drive your behavior, right? You got it. Now you just, right. you made it more Thomistic. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. Good. Peter, Thank you, Jerry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bear that in mind. I, you know, I actually follow your recommendations. Do you know that? I think I told you that a little while ago. You told me actually, that once, and I yeah. almost fell over. I was so, like, <laughs> well, yeah, I was so I mean, honored. <laughs> I, I really do. I really do try to take in what you're saying because I think it's so valuable, right? And it's not, you know, it's it, it, it's helpful to me. So this whole idea of just pausing, you know, because if you buy a little time, right, mm-hmm. um, man, tremendous changes can happen. Like, like wow, I'm gonna love this person anyway, you know, instead of just, yeah. Um, going with my first impulse you know yeah. so yeah we all right uh, thank you dr peter and we look forward to seeing you guys everyone next week and we hope you join us join our conversation you know feel free on our site or youtube or wherever to make yep. comments we'd love to hear from you we also love to hear things that you're interested in that we can provide from you know our from our vantage yep so till next time be still believe you loved.